Hello, good morning and welcome. My name is Graham and I'm delighted to be with you all today as we start these journeys into asking what it is to be really free. Free from constraints and conformity, free from constant testing and peer pressure, and free from unsafe and uninspiring school environments. Free to let children explore the world around them through play, cooperation and inspiration. Free to let children learn naturally, following their innate curiosity and endless creativity. We come to see that learning isn't about doing well at school, it's about engaging with life. I'll be here for you, and I will serve you, and I will carry your message around. Today we have the great pleasure to welcome Crystal Bird Farmer to the show. Crystal is the founder and facilitator at Gastonia Freedom School, which is an agile learning center focused on serving kids with disabilities in Gastonia, North Carolina. For anyone new to the Agile Learning Center's philosophy, they focus on self-directed student-led learning away from homework, curriculums and testing and is gaining huge popularity all over the world. Crystal also writes at selfdirected.org where some of our previous guests, Peter Gray, Kerry MacDonald and Scott Noel can also be found. A great article to get to know a little bit more about how Crystal sees how schools may look in the future and is where I found here is entitled micro schools maybe the future which is something so many of us are resonating with right now so I'm sure we're going to get a lot out of this conversation thank you so much for joining us today Crystal thanks I'm happy to be here oh that's great um we always like to start asking our guests to um take us through their own educational path um the idea of you know as you are as you set up and uh have a school now running under the the uh the alc model which is so inspiring to many of our listeners um were you you yourself raised in conventional schooling and looking back do you have strong memories of both the rewarding moments and um how, anything you found that could have been done better yeah, so I went through traditional public schools all the way through high school and even into college. I went to a state college, so um, I was in a very traditional um, school setting. I really enjoyed it. I did really well, um, but for me, some of the things that I didn't like about school were some of the um, the issues related to socioeconomic economic background and, and race. So I'm black and the elementary school I went to was majority black. So, you know, my early years of learning were, you know, surrounded by people like me and people kind of in the same neighborhood and understanding that, you know, this community cared about me. But then I went to middle school and in Gaston County where I am, um, we still do busing. So we're in the South where um, segregation was a thing and, um, the schools have tried to mix the populations of black and white students in order to create more equity in the school system. So that meant for middle school and high school, I went to majority white schools and these were schools that were not close to me and they were not in my neighborhood. And so even though there were kids that I went to elementary school who came with me, I was kind of thrown into this wider environment with kids from all different backgrounds, all different races. And then I had majority white teachers who I had to kind of adjust to their expectations of how a black child learns. Right. So there was some certain differences you found between the teaching styles in, in both those environments? 
Yeah. So what I found and what I've come to realize as an adult is that, you know, teachers have implicit bias, just like everybody in the world. And, you know, when they're used to seeing certain kids coming from certain environments and behaving in a certain way, they just kind of put that expectation on all the kids, you know, so going back and looking at my elementary school now, you know, it has a D grade for the state as far as standardized testing and achievement. So, you know, you have teachers who are in middle school and high school who kind of have this expectation that kids from this school may not be as good as kids from this school. Um, and, you know, there are a whole bunch of reasons why that could be true. And it's not all about the individual kids learning style or ability to learn. But when teachers come in with those biases, it just affects the whole situation and it really impacts the self-esteem of the students. So um, when I moved back to Gastonia, I became a substitute teacher in the public schools. And that was kind of a place for me to try out my assumptions and to understand what those teachers were seeing when they were seeing kids like me in school. And um, it was really eye-opening. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Lots of, of uh, moments to think about there. Um, I know from my brief interactions with the ALC model is something so much more. We've had previous guests on talking about the democratic school model and the self-directed ideas of mm -hmm. the Sudbury and the ALC, which rings so true to me. And what, what you say is it's, it's more centered on the, on the child and what their, their needs are and all these testings that simply irrelevant, I think, in, in today's mm -hmm. world. And there's how, how we, we judge people, whether they're successful. It's so, such a young age as well it can be so harmful but I'd love to hear how you discovered the ALC philosophy yourself and was there a period you know of, of de-schooling which I'm sure so many parents and families might be going through now saying no this isn't working for ourselves for anyone it seems um, mm -hmm. it, it, what was your own experience with that that moment of realization and discovering you know are there are there are other models out there yeah so I had some friends um, who were unschooling their kids. And so that was my first exposure to self-directed learning. They were barefoot, you know, they lived in the mountains. So the kids were barefoot running around free. And I was like, this is kind of crazy. Um, but um, I, you know, I, I kind of became friends with them. I kind of met other people in the Charlotte area here in North Carolina who were unschooling their kids. And I didn't consider it for my daughter until I put her in a traditional pre program and you know she has autism so when she was in that environment there were so many things going on that she just was not you know a typical student she wasn't doing the homework or whatever work that they give you know pre-kindergartners <laughs> so she wasn't doing the work um, she had trouble going to the bathrooms with the loud sound she didn't like being around a bunch of other kids she was obsessed with littlest pet shops and she wanted to play with those all the time instead of I don't know sitting in a group doing circle work um, and so I, I saw that traditional school was not working for her and that's when I went back to my friends and said okay tell me about this ALC thing um, and so that's how I got started I enrolled Courtney into ALC Mosaic in Charlotte and I got to see her running around barefoot and just you know really enjoying herself um, the facilitators were aware of her needs and they were so caring and open and just, you know, working with her in a way 
that just really recognized her as a person and, and valued her. And I just, I thought that was amazing. So um, I was, you know, I was a big fan. It did take a long time for me to kind of go through and understand, okay, well, what about college? What about test scores and achievement? You know, I had to kind of deprogram some of those ideas about what her potential future could look like. But, you know, once I, once I saw her enjoying that environment, I just embraced it completely. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. Just seeing that, that natural inner joy come out when kids are just, mm-hmm. the message is so simple. Just, just let them get on with, uh, you know, discovering the world for themselves, exploring naturally and always that innate curiosity. It's there for a lifetime, isn't it? And I know your work yes. at Gastonia Freedom School, it sounds as if, wow, you, you almost discovered that there was a real need for it. And it seems you, you're a real pillar in that community was was starting a school always a dream of yours and could you tell us a little bit how that process came about and, and including you know the parental and the community involvement and support yeah it's actually, it wasn't my dream you know I um I went to college to be an engineer so I worked in the engineering field until I decided to quit and do freelance work um my mom um has she grew up and and worked here in Gastonia and she has always worked in early childhood education for nonprofit organizations. So her dream was to start a school and she had just been um, let go from a job with the Girl Scouts and she had a lot of free time and Courtney was about four or five. So, you know, she was over at Mosaic and I saw that she was really enjoying it. I was like, mom, you know, we have an opportunity here to help kids in the local area and actually create a school for them. So why don't we do it? And um, so I filed the paperwork, you know, that next day before she could change her mind. Right. <laughs> and um, that's how the school started. So, you know, what we did was we, we had to educate the community about what self-directed learning was what we saw was that there really was a huge need for a place like ours. So, you know, Gaston County Schools has about 30,000 students and about 5,000 of them are on IEPs, which means they have a disability or they're academically gifted. And we knew that those kids with disabilities were not always getting the support that they needed in public school. So sometimes they were just falling behind or being left behind. And that was just really the, the feedback that we got from parents in the community was just, there was no place for these kids who, you know, could learn and wanted to learn, but there was just so much else going on in the environment that they, you know, that they were having trouble. And so, you know, we got so much support from the community. We found their location within months, you know, so it was just a really great process of working with the community. And, and now people, they call us the Freedom School, so people around are, you know, aware of us and they know us, you know, some of them are still a little bit of afraid to try us because that whole, you know, there's a, there's a hurdle on that self-directed thing, but it's, it's definitely, we have a lot of support from the community. Right, okay, yeah, was, we have spoken to a few people that have set up their own school and it just seems to be, oh, we're looking around, there's um, something that's needed, why, why don't we do it? Um, and I think that's more and more relevant now where, people the future seems so uncertain for for all of us but uh yeah just having that that faith in your own self which which you do is that's a beautiful story i know 
you do specialize over the in um, children with learning disabilities could you tell us a little bit of how the ALC model and philosophy fits into that because for me when I first visited ALC I just saw that it was just play self-direction and cooperation you know and and this mm-hmm. um, the 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 main focus seemed nothing to do with ability or age or anything to do with that it was more involvement in in all of the kids the young older ones more advanced take, taking you know pleasure in in helping the, the lesser advanced or younger kids and i just wonder how you could say how that how mm-hmm. you could uh, tell us a little bit more of how that looks in your or your school yeah so our kids the majority of them have autism or adhd or both and then we have some kids with low intellectual um, ability Um, dyslexia, dysgraphia, things like that. So um, our kids are in the low support level, which means that they can walk around by themselves. They have a way of communicating. Um, They can go to the bathroom by themselves um, and they know what they want to do with their day, you know? So it's the same as any other ALC model where, you know, we're encouraging them to set intentions. We're making offerings throughout the day and they're choosing what they want to do. Um, where it's different is that sometimes these children need more support with emotional self-regulation, um, with communicating with others. So sometimes they might get really upset, and an autistic kid, when they get upset, sometimes they hit, sometimes they yell, sometimes they run away. So we have to kind of set up our system so that um, if one of those things happen, we can help that child to calm down and communicate instead of Um, going to that behavior. So some things that we do, instead of having kind of a wide open space for the kids to roam, you know, we have a building um, and we keep the younger kids in the preschool room that we call it. So those younger kids have a little bit more of a small footprint, you know, that they can have freedom in, but, you know, we can still kind of monitor them. We go outside as a group, you know, we have a fenced in yard because we know that a lot of autistic kids will wander which means they'll just walk away without any kind of knowledge of the safety or dangers that there are. Um, So we go outside as a group, and that's a way we can keep watch on them. Um, As facilitators, we're still encouraging them to work together, to play together, but sometimes we might have to do more scaffolding, where if a kid is mad and they don't have the words, we can say, oh, it looks like you're upset. It looks like you're frustrated. Um, Do you need help? Um, Do you want to say something to the other student? Um, you know, we have a calm down area. So it's like if they feel um, upset and they don't have ready access to those tools, you know, we can we can remind them, take deep breaths, you can go and lay down, you can go and color, you know, so we're just kind of providing prompts and helping them to, um, to, to be aware of what's going on with them and then to communicate it. Um, we have several nonverbal kids, which means that they don't use language in a typical way. So sometimes we have to use scripts with them. So like a word or a phrase that is familiar to them that they can respond with that, you know, kind of gets whatever message they need to get across. Um, right. So still yeah, very so, much focus you know, on the child and their inner yeah, tribes. Yeah. yeah. 
that's that's great i mean i'm sure there's a message there for everyone you know um and just irregardless of of what the child's own personal experience is but just making sure their their needs are met and they they feel heard and they they're they're being uh you know looked after in a safe environment that's that's that sounds Mm -hmm. beautiful i know for many that that are looking at the alc models in um in our area that they take on kids that many up to around the age of 11 or 12 and then sometimes there's a question of how schooling can look after that whether they go more to a home school how do your own uh, students how after your time uh, their time at Gastonia how does that look and do they um what do you look see the child possessing after spending time with you yeah so we we only have one student who has graduated so far um and he was 14 he chose to go to public high school And so what that looked like for him was preparing him to go back into like a classroom environment to learn some, some of the management tools so that he could deal with homework and, you know, keep track of things, um, you know, some social skills training so he could remember how to interact with larger groups of kids and to communicate his needs. Um, But, you know, we know from the ALC model that kids who are self-directed can go on to do any kind of work. You know, they know how to educate themselves. They know how to find resources for themselves. So that's what we expect our kids to do. We're not just, we're not trying to make sure they know every single subject because a lot of kids with disabilities are just not going to, you know, be academic scholars. You know, they're not going to go to college and, and, you know, be English majors or get PhDs. And that's okay, but we can help them to learn the skills needed to be an adult and to be an independent adult if that's possible. So, you know, there's a lot of those life skills that we work on. There's, you know, just communication is huge. Like I said, emotional regulation is really big. And so, so we're helping them to understand how adults work in the world and what's expected of them as an adult. And then if they do have interests, if they do, you know, see themselves working in the future, then we're trying to show them what the world looks like. You know, our, our oldest student who went on to high school, you know, he loved making games, but he had never heard of programming. He didn't know what game developers did. So we were able to introduce that kind of work into his life so that he can, you know, you know see himself maybe as a programmer in the future. So that's what we're kind of introducing them because sometimes kids with disabilities just have a very, their parents have a very narrow range of Feel the view because they're so focused on providing that kids for that kid's needs that they don't always think, okay, what is this kid going to do after I'm gone? So we're trying to help them see what the world looks like and then explore their interests in different areas so they can know what, what they can do once they become adults. Right. It does seem so important to have that, that foundation. Um, and then from there, anything becomes possible in their own, you know, their own vision. It can look completely different for every child. And, but having that foundation mm-hmm. seems so important. And I think in, in the, the, the larger school model, the traditional way we've seen schools for, for all this time, it seems to be um, very hard to complete that with so many people involved and so much testing and curriculum and standard one size fits all i know all of our guests are very passionate about us getting away from that and i see from your article especially you mm-hmm. you, you you see the future where we're going to be in these more sort of micro schools and um 
I'd love you for you to tell our listeners how you see this playing out um, as we turn away from these larger, you know, mostly outdated structures, how not only phys- uh, philosophically, but to lead into a more child led learning environment, but like actually the physical mechanics of, you know, as, 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 as families turning away from that, that model of schooling and approaching, you know, the model that you pr- uh, promote there with the ALC. Yeah, so what I saw during um, the spring of this year, once COVID hit and schools were closing, I saw parents, you know, not knowing what to do with their kids at home all day. I saw teachers, you know, not having experience with online platforms and also being very stressed out about, you know, how they were going to get content to their kids. And I saw the work world just kind of expect that, um, parents would just pick up and keep working, you know, without even thinking about how are their kids going to get fed, how they're going to be educated and all this stuff. So what I hope um, happens as we go into the new school year is that communities are realizing, you know, school is not just about education. School is about creating community. It's about child care. It's about providing resources to kids. And instead of expecting individual parents to um, to do that work or find those resources themselves. I hope that communities turn to each other and start to create their own little, um, you know, places where parents can share resources. So um, I've been reading articles about pandemic pods and, you know, how, um, you know, people with more resources are going to be able to keep their kids educated while they're working. But I hope that the um the wider world kind of realizes that maybe we need to go back to the old schoolhouse model and have, you know, places where kids can come and they can do a little bit of learning, but mostly playing and exploring. And that, you know, there's, there's no need for standardized testing at the end of the year, because we know that they've been growing and playing and learning all, all year. And, you know, once we have, kids in smaller pods, you know, there's no, there's not as much competition. It's more cooperation because the older kids are helping the younger kids, as you said, you know, kids without disabilities are helping kids with disabilities. You know, parents are providing resources to each other as they're connected to different communities. Um, I really hope that we see it more as a, we're supporting the whole child instead of just, we're trying to get information to this kid's head so that they can meet some kind of arbitrary standard seems that that's wherever we are in the world if we look around that's what's needed and and it's not there's no top-down way of doing that it comes from everyone at, at the ground level so yeah such great words of wisdom crystal and we'd love to um go on and leave leave just these short inspiring talks with our listeners um some words of, of encouragement or inspiration from our guests um, with your experience of dealing with disabled children and gone through, as we say, that period of um, de-schooling yourself from the traditional school model, what advice could you give to parents out there looking for alternatives, uh, maybe looking into the ALC model for the first time, um, and you know, love the ideas you're, you're promoting there at Gastonia Freedom School? Um, I would say that you have to kind of let go of the need to control your child's future. So a lot of parents, especially parents of children with disabilities, are looking at their child and saying, oh, you know, he can't, you know, he doesn't even know how to put his clothes on. He can't tie his shoes. He hates large crowds. You know, how is he going to be an adult? 
you know, your child right now is not your child in the future. You know, if you give him opportunities, if you have access to resources, if you fight for that child, you know, they can grow into something that you won't even imagine. And that's not to say that every child with disability will be an independent adult who holds down a job and who, you know, functions like a typical adult. But, you know, they can, they have so much potential and they can do so much with their lives. So you have to let go of that control, that need to control, and just try and see the child for the human that they are and just encourage them to grow and explore and to play and just be, become themselves and know who they are. Wow. That's, uh, that says it all there, Crystal. Yeah, the same message comes through again and again from all of our guests. So um, thank you so much for joining us today. If anyone would like to get in touch with you, how's the best way? Um, you can go to our website, which is gastoniafreedom.org. You can email the school at gastoniafreedomschool at gmail.com. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. The school is on Facebook and Instagram. So any kind of way. Okay, that's great. Well, thanks for your time once again, Crystal. Great rest of your day. Thank you, you too. I hope you got as much out of that talk as I did. An excellent introduction to where we are now and where we could be. Please check your inbox. We'll be back in touch very shortly for much more inspiration for you to start your journey into homeschooling, child-led learning and liberty. If you know of any families looking for alternatives to school, please give them our information, homeschoolingandliberty.com and they are more than welcome to join us on this journey. We'll see you real soon. Cheers. Calling us with this new song Yeah, you gotta listen what it has to say It will guide you along Yeah, you gotta put yourself first every time And she will catch you when you fall Yeah, you gotta love yourself from within Love yourself to your full, yeah, yeah You gotta take the power back Ask yourself this question. What is so amazing and wonderful at government-run schools that you would send your children there to be taught by essentially strangers, a curriculum over which you have no authority or control? How would you like to be a part of your children's learning? You were a part of your children's learning as colors, how she ties her shoes, what is a butterfly, why mommy loves her. Why would you not want to continue to be a part of that? Look at what you've been told for so long that you have to say, well, maybe maybe they're not right and maybe your instincts are right. Unlearn those things. This is about human rights and endowing children with dignity and agency and autonomy. Um, and, and then guess what? As a side benefit, it works. <laughs> <laughs>